Welcome back to the Bismarck Event Center for this live edition of Real Presence Radio Broadcast. I am Father Craig Vosick, your host with you for these hours. We're in the top of a new hour. Um, visiting with Avera Maria Santa. Welcome. Thank you for having me. We're Father. so glad to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I, I remember a couple months ago in one of the other shows that we were doing as we're prepping for Thursday around the area, I, I had the great privilege of visiting with you then, mm -hmm. uh, just preparing, uh, walking through a little bit of your journey and, and what, uh, why you would be uh, somebody chosen to come to Bismarck to share your story. And so we're probably going to cover that ground again yeah, yeah, since yeah. we're here live and in person. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, this I'm, is going to be fun. I enjoy right. these. <laughs> Wonderful. Very good. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, just broad strokes. Yeah, absolutely. So, like you said, my name is Avera Maria Santo. Um, I'm f originally from Mobile, Alabama. I flew in yesterday. Um, a lot of people have told me they've been able to, to k pick up on my accent a little bit. Can hear when it. I see things, say things like y'all <laughs> when I'm talking about a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I don't really think I have a very heavy one. But yeah, I'm born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. I still live there with my family. And... Uh, yeah, I, I grew up Catholic school all my life, basically. Yep. So pre-K all the way through 12th grade. Yep. And it was very much so a culture shock going to a, a public university my first year of college. Mm. Um, but yeah, God really got a hold of my life um, or really revealed his, his presence to me, made me more aware of the fact that he wanted a relationship with me around the time that I was 16 years old. So I was at a conference purely... Uh, out of wanting to get out of a soccer tournament that I didn't feel like playing in because my lung had collapsed two years before oh. in that same tournament and I was Kay. like I'm not doing it not again doing you know I'd one. rather be on the beach mm -hmm. um, hanging out with a bunch of these little Catholic weirdos over here yeah. so I went to this conference and uh, Eucharistic adoration got me that was mm. the first time that I remember actually going to adoration I think I had maybe been once before but I, I, I couldn't recall it and I just remember being there and uh, you know, getting the sense, okay, God wants something from me. Um, it's not necessarily a lot. It's just he wants me more than anything, mm -hmm. which was a powerful experience for me. You know, I, I was constantly, because I was an athlete especially, um, people tended to always want something from me. Mm -hmm. um, people tended to, you know... Uh, see me as the athlete or see me as um, the kid who could help me help them with their religion homework you know whatever it was um, and now I just realized that that God wanted me just to be in relationship with me and that stuck um, it was at that same conference though that a friend of mine kind of came out to me as bisexual okay. and I really didn't know what that meant at sure. the time uh, it was kind of this far off very distant concept i really didn't understand what it meant yeah. to have those sort of attractions sure. um, but that same girl and i especially over that summer um, kept getting closer and closer and closer to the point where i started questioning and i actually think that the inkling was inside of me for a while before this sure. but again you suppressed it and uh, or i suppress it because it's horrifying it's scary and it was something that no one talked about you know it's mm. something that I bring up in my when I talk about my testimony a lot is that even though I was in Catholic school for so long um, this subject was never touched on um, I almost 
can compare it to slavery, honestly, because no one really talked about what really went on during slave times. Like that was such a far off subject that nobody wanted to touch on because it was so bad. So in my head, I equated homosexuality as something that was just that bad that no one said anything about it. Right. So kind of growing up with this, especially that young, you know, where do you go? Who do you talk to? Um, And I didn't know the answers to these questions. So I didn't talk about it for the most part. And I just kind of let it sit and I suppressed it. And I noticed myself being more depressed and anxious because I'm carrying around the secret. and not really feeling like I can tell anyone. And one of the the first people that I told was a chaplain at my Catholic high school. And he made sure to tell me, you know, you are are so good. You are a daughter of God and that's your identity. Um, So my identity shifted from seeing myself as gay or as a lesbian or bisexual, what what have you. Um, I saw myself, I started seeing myself from then on as as a daughter of God Mm. and seeing myself as that having a kind of god's eye view as i say um it really allowed me to branch out and start talking about it a little bit more uh, and now that's become you know what i do as a career is i as i go around and i talk to people about this so that i can finally get the ball rolling mm-hmm. um and have start having these conversations because i know how much it hurts to stay silent and I don't want anybody else, especially young people, to suffer the way that I had to. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Long-winded, I know. <laughs> I love it. It's fine. Well, we're going to be here for half an hour, yeah. so keep it coming, Vera. <laughs> I love it. I'm speaking with Father Craig Vasek, the host here, speaking with Vera Maria Santo. Uh, she just gave us an introduction to uh, a little bit of her growing up and uh, uh discovering or processing uh, what the Lord is up to and who she is. So we're talking about uh, identity. Mm -hmm. Massive. Um, Who are you? Who am I? Well, I am this. I am that. I am all sorts of things. I'm an athlete. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gay. I'm homosexual. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm what am I? What am I? I I am a daughter of God. Yes. Uh, That so all of these other things are yes these are things that are i experience mm-hmm. and i i i do or they're i am passionate about or they are a part of who i am mm-hmm. um but what you're what you're saying here is there was a, a movement in your own under self-understanding mm-hmm. from identifying explicitly with particular things to reaching a sort of bottom a foundation, mm-hmm. a, a, pla- a place that, a place of real rock solid foundation. Definitely, I am a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. This changes uh, everything. Changes really. everything. Yeah. I want to talk more about that. Yeah, this it really. If you if you identify yourself or you see yourself with a God's eye view, you see yourself as a person. Um, uniquely and lovingly designed by an infinite and good God. This changes everything because, you know, it says that every good gift, you know, in James 1.17, he says every good gift is given by God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he calls us even, uh, Jesus himself says, they are your greatest gift to me. So it, just us as human beings. Yep. So if we are 
his greatest, you know, he calls us his greatest gift. That must mean that there's something inherently good about us as human beings, which if you start looking at yourself as that changes everything. And not only does it change the way that you look at yourself, it changes the way that you look at the world around you. You know, in the same way that um, if you look at yourself as gay, um, it kind of distorts the way that you see the world. It distorts the way that you see other people. Um, if you look at yourself as gay, you know, you're looking at yourself as a person who is sexually attracted to, or basically you are that, you are that. Yep. You know, you are a person who um, is sexually attracted to the same sex. Yep. Um, so you're looking at other people as, oh, that's a woman, so I could be sexually attracted to this person. Yep. Or like you just kind of, you look at the world at that, even if you're not intentionally doing so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, because you're looking through that small lens, that distorted lens, you are blocking everything else that is to be seen. Yeah. So I didn't want to look at myself as that. I wanted to see who I was. And again, looking at yourself as good, looking at yourself as a gift, looking at yourself as a human person made with inherent dignity, made in the image and likeness of a good and gracious God. It's a game changer. You know, why would you want to go back from that? Are you saying the catechism of the Catholic Church is onto something here? I am. You know, it just <laughs> might be. It just might be onto something. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Um using the using the image of uh, seeing things through particular lenses uh, and restricted is what's coming to my mind it's a restricted vision uh, and and uh, there's a wider vision uh, that comes from understanding things from the foundational level yeah. so that's what as you're as you're visiting as you're sharing about this so when a person uh, and everybody's different. Mm -hmm. uh, when a person says no, but I, I but I need to identify this way. Mm -hmm. um, so I think very few people. Maybe I'm wrong on this, and I'm just mm -hmm. going to kind of ask this simply. I think a lot of people who experience themselves as heterosexual mm -hmm. don't oftentimes think about themselves as heterosexual. Yeah. Uh, they just. They're just kind of they just yeah. live <laughs> they just live uh, yeah. it's like oh yeah but I'm I don't walk yeah but I'm straight they don't feel like they have to defend it and, I, mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to say that pejoratively about people mm -hmm. who would so like what is what what are some of the reasons possibly mm -hmm. uh, that a person feels like they must identify themselves mm -hmm. from this restricted Right. area is it because they don't know their deeper identity or is it because it hasn't been talked about enough in the past I think or it's a combination of both honestly um, especially one of the things that I dealt with is feeling ostracized right so again because um, heterosexuality if we want to call it is a natural occurrence or is a ordered occurrence yep. um, and homosexual acts especially are it says in the catechism are intrinsically disordered yeah um, there is this kind of ostracized feeling. Okay. You kind of, especially if no one explains the teaching to you, yeah. you feel weird. You know, you feel other almost in a sense. Right. And I definitely felt that okay. way. So not having really like a place of belonging, especially, um, again, not being able to talk about it, even in my Catholic high school, feeling so other, it's just 
you know, it's, it's a completely, it's a polarizing kind of experience. Uh, I say that uh, the LGBTQ community does this exceptionally well, where she kind of makes herself like a beacon of hope and really the only place of safety, of uh, acceptance for people who experience same-sex attraction or um, might be having some uh, some gender dysphoria or something along along those lines. Um, they can come into this place where they don't have to feel other. And I feel like that's a place where the church lacks. Right. Um, and it's, it's not because, uh, I, don't, I think it's because the church is wrong on her stance, but because us within the church, um, we're having trouble um, welcoming people specifically, I think, because we are so silent on the topic. Mm. You know, if we don't talk about it, if we don't give people a place to share their experience or a place to come in and find healing, find rest that Christ and his church promise, um, we're leaving them out to dry. You know, we're leaving them out to suffer in silence. Yeah. And we've got to do a better job. And I think the first step is going to be listening to people's experiences and hear, letting them talk I about I want to hear more about this after we yeah. were going to take a quick break. Vera, thank you so yeah. much for all of this. We have a lot of food for thought coming up here. Brothers and sisters, Father Craig Vosick, live at the 2019 Eucharistic Congress Thirst in Bismarck. We're taking a short break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Mm-hmm. 